A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Square Ball Podcast. To buy the Square Ball magazine, get back issues and podcasts, visit thesquareball.net. Welcome to the Square Ball's first Christmas podcast, and who thought we'd be second in the league? And with Becky O signed up and more presents to come from old Saint Nick, who can honestly say that it's not a wonderful life? A very Merry Christmas to you and welcome to this last podcast of 2010 from a very chilly Leeds. Alongside me in the studio, to my right, Michael Normanton. Hello. Moscow White is directly opposite me today. Hello. And at an angle probably representative of about two o'clock on the clock face, Oli. Hello. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Yeah, and a very, 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 and indeed a white Christmas it is as well, kind of. Top of the league, almost. Yeah, right, let's get into all that sort of stuff in just a minute or two. First of all, do get in touch with us. Let us know what you're up to. Podcast at thesquareball.net. We're also on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash thesquareball. Uh, and Twitter at thesquareball. Details to come on issue five of the Squareball magazine. We will deal with that towards the back end of the podcast. But seeing as we're in celebratory mood, let's get white watching straight away. Uh, two games, two wins, nine unbeaten. What can go wrong from here? We're going up. That's what can go wrong. <laughs> uh, so these two games then, just as a quick refresher, the Burnley match where we won from a losing position of 2-0 down at half-time, 3-2. And the game just on Saturday, just gone, leads to Queen's Park Rangers, nil. I understand uh, you weren't happy at half-time in Burnley. No, well, yeah. Uh, That's because he was in Burnley. Yeah, there, there is that. Well, it took me for a start, it took me the best part of two hours to get there. Um, I decided to go over the tops. Uh, via the little Lancashire mill towns, and it took me a little bit longer than perhaps I wanted to. But um, bless you, Michael, you were you were stood outside waiting for me for about half an hour. Yeah, and then at half time you were refusing to give me ticket money as well. I, I wasn't at that point at two 0 down. I wasn't happy to hand over fifty two. Trying to my, guilt trip me of my hard earned pounds to uh, to pay for that dross. It was absolutely diabolical at half time. But you know, and what did I say to you at half time? I said, if by some miracle we turn it around, you're welcome to every penny. It made no difference. I'd have spent it regardless, but. <laughs> Um, so yeah, what what a turnaround. Uh, deal with the first half, first of all, what can we say, it was bloody awful, wasn't it? It was what I expected when I saw O'Brien wasn't playing. Yeah, God, that, yeah, that sent uh, it was like an audible groan across the away end, didn't it? Yeah, but I mean, I don't, I don't really know what changed, we just looked like the same players but an entirely different side second half. Bruce does seem to have this habit of just falling at attacker's feet, which is a bit upsetting. It's not what you want. That sort of a ball does worry me all the time with him. He's got a, a look of panic about him. Like He didn't quite know if to head it or kick it or try and hold off the attacker a bit. And he, in the end, he just, he did all of the above he just all sort of, of <coughs> tangled himself up and lay down. Swerved into the central reservation. <laughs> swerved out again. Well, we, we were directly like 90 degrees to it, weren't we? Like Facing it as the ball lofted over his head. In my in my mind, we looked at each other as if to say, "This ain't gonna go well." And, uh, and lo and behold, yeah, he, he swung his right foot at it, didn't he? And, and it was something of an air shot. We were um, just giving him a chance, bit of a head start. Well, it wouldn't have been the same if uh, uh, you go to Burnley and win three nil. That's, that's nothing to talk about afterwards. But second, I mean, how long did it take um, Greater to score? Because it wasn't long, was it? It was yeah, fairly quick after half time. I think wasn't it? Yeah. And once that once that one had gone in, the mood changed, and it did feel like we were uh, we were going to get something from it. Then we knew it was like that. There was that special feeling, wasn't it? Yeah, one of those special. It was a special League United day. Although I've still no idea how House and Shot went in. I've seen it on TV 
loads of times, and I still think the keeper should have saved it. But I, I didn't see it, even though we were quite close to it, I didn't actually see that go in, nor did I see Becchio's goal go in. I just, just assumed from the fact that I had grown men jumping on me, and I wasn't paying for it this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had grown, grown men uh, hugging me and so on. That, um, yeah, it had gone in, but it was it was fantastic in that way, and wasn't it? the atmosphere was just unreal. Yeah, I mean, it's always good away, but um, yeah, you can't, you can't beat a good comeback. Especially when you've got uh, music being played after after every goal that you can then sing back at them. So that was that was very <laughs> enjoyable. Did you see the guy on YouTube who's filmed it all from the Burnley, Burnley end? Fan, yeah. And he just you can just hear him going "fuck off, you knobheads" <laughs> while he's filming his all celebrating, and then uploaded it to YouTube to show how just how cross more impressive. Yeah, to show how cross he was at how much more impressive the Leeds fans were in eight parts. I think. <laughs> Worth probably mentioning that it was it was Tom Hark, wasn't it, that was that was played after the goals, and that's mm-hmm. the one that if you don't know what that is, that goes da 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 da. It goes, it goes quite well with a sort of song about January third, I think that one. It does. Um, and they were playing that, and they, they were it was like Village of the Damned or The Hills Have Eyes or something, wasn't it? It was you know. The... Well, I, I watched the um, OECV highlights last night. And you can hear them at two 0 singing along to it. We all let lead scum. We all let lead scum. Well, well. You and everybody else, but um, they got they got the standard retort as well of "you mean f all" to us. Yeah, but yeah, the reason we mentioned the the Tom Hark incident is that uh, when we went three two up, which we always knew we were going to do at two two, um, we just started doing it back to them, didn't we? And uh, I hope they didn't think we were being sincere. I'm not sure they understand the irony thing though. It's the, the very very simple folk. Yeah, if we ever play that at Leeds, I might stop going. Yeah, it's it was ridiculous. We even when we were two 0 down, we we looked didn't we. At, each other and said at half time what an awful an awful thing to happen to your football club <laughs> just, if you need to play music after you've scored there's something wrong have a look at yourselves yeah. and just returning to uh, little Johnny Wanny he's like a different player isn't he someone uh, you've remarked before on this podcast Michael about finding his on switch he's in his forward role he's just turned into a completely different player Zidane-esque I think he's been, he's been compared to by Moscow before and yeah he, he does seem an entirely different player to the end of last season Last game aside, obviously. But yeah, the second half of last season, I think we were all ready to uh, drag him off the pitch ourselves. But no, he's been uh, he's been amazing since his change of role. And um, as he, I want to take a little bit of credit for his goal, you know, his winning goal. because You I didn't did. even see it. I saw him run through, I told him to shoot, and he did. Oh, so, that's good of you. Yeah. It but you could be told looking. him to shoot, but then looked away. <laughs> no, I didn't look away. It's that because where they got the, the fans are close Lies. to the, <laughs> Because the fans are close to the pitch. Um, you couldn't actually see the goal line, so I had to assume it had gone in by the fact that the keeper missed it. But we, um, I think we both said we thought it was going wide, didn't we? Well, Did I you thought, think I'd... you'd pass a Bradley Johnson and you were just going to duck? <laughs> <laughs> I thought the keeper had I saved it. I put my crash helmet on at that point, yeah. <laughs> it seemed not a hard enough shot to go in. But... It seemed to bounce about seven yeah, times. Did, yeah. it, but Maybe he was distracted by some bellend in the crowd yelling at him to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> if Johnny Housen learns to shoot properly, he'll probably score about another ten a season, won't he? It might be one of those where if he learns to shoot properly, he'll miss. I'm sure Bradley Johnson's got... Fine technique, technically, but well, um, they always go sure. flying. Whereas if Housen just keeps sending these daisy cutters, sort of skimming along the top, goal after goal, he'll end up top scorer, playing for England by the end of the year. Did feel a little bit sorry for Johnson um, at Burnley because he was getting booed by a small minority, and it's not really helpful, is it? No, I don't like to see that. And he has been playing well. He's improved as much as Johnson has. Uh, he's improved as much as Housen has, I think. Johnson on the brain, you. I mean, it's. <laughs> Leave it. <laughs> well, we'll talk more about the contract situation in part two, but in terms of the booing... Well, there was none of it against uh, QPR because he played really yeah. well. I can't account for Burnley because I wasn't there, but I think um, the Palace game we spoke about last time kind of deserved because he did cock up for the goal and just didn't look on it. Um, but if he's playing well, then don't be daft and, and boo, the, boo the clown. I think if you're going to boo... Your own players, you need to boom collectively. I think individually it does no good. I think the odd collective boom <laughs> is sometimes needed if they've been uh, if they've been disgraceful. So very briefly, then, what do we think did change at half time? Do you think it was a, a bollocking, or you know, was it just that they've got increased belief these days and they don't know when they're beaten? All of the above. I think belief is going oh, to come. Are, in. We, are we reaching the limitations of what we can possibly know? Yeah, we, we weren't there. We don't know. <laughs> Why didn't you get in the dressing room half time? Well, they're just directly underneath, actually, where we were stood at the dressing room. You should have been with a big pint glass against the floor. You wouldn't have looked anywhere. Just yelling your own advice. (laughs) I would have closed my eyes in protest. um, If you think, I mean, compared to Preston and um, Barnsley, where, I mean, was it Barnsley in particular where 
we came out at half time and we're just even worse. Yeah, yeah. It's different now, isn't it? And it's difficult to put your foot on, put your foot on whether it's uh, <laughs> yeah. put your finger on the foot. Difficult to put your finger on the foot of whether it's because we've got uh, Sodgrass back playing really well and Houston stepped up and we've got a settled team, or uh, just the confidence of being. Um, Unbeaten for so long. We're not carrying any players in the team. No, I don't think. Early in the season, there were, there were three, maybe four, five players that weren't performing. But then again, you know, a lot of these players aren't the same. You know, it's the same Collins that's been in and, and looks yeah. shaky at the start of the season. All right, you know, Bersoni's taken a, a lot of the of the jip this season, but he's not in. But, you know, I, I want to put forward a theory, actually, and see what you think of it, that they've, for whatever reason, they've just shed the fear of playing for Leeds. And it's something that's hampered players for, for years since we've gone down mm. the expectation but this lot seems to have sort of shed the fear now and are just getting on with it and they've got self-belief and belief that they can win matches against any team it's got to be the settled side as well because we have said that Grayson doesn't really know his best side I think he does now yeah. and that's why it's disappointing to see the Johnson saga dragging on he's playing well let's try and get that sorted I think it's staying I think Grayson's been helped as well by being able to drop Sommer because at the start of the season he clearly wasn't in his plans and he was going to just have a peripheral role sort of thing. Yeah, just just one man up front which would be Becchio and then he came in and scored loads of goals and he sort of had to accommodate him whereas now he's just sort of gone well this is my system I want to play particularly now I've got Snodgrass back we can we can just play the system he wants and I think that is helping the stability of it. We also were getting screwed over by injuries something rotten especially in goal where we had you know we didn't know who was going to be in goal from from game to game. Which, I just feel it's the stability thing again. Yeah, now we know it's Casper, O'Brien, and then um, and Connolly, um, and McCartney, and then whoever is fit out of the other defenders. But as long as. Uh, Quick as mention as, for Connolly, because we did talk about him last time uh, on the previous podcast. He's turning into a really solid acquisition this season, isn't he? Him and Snodgrass have. Uh, I mean, Snodgrass has always been um, noticeable for how generous he is to a right back in, in the way he defends. Yeah, him and Connolly just seem to have hit it off really well. Connolly, I was a bit doubtful about him at the start of the season, mainly because I heard him being interviewed on um, Radio Bates where he was asked about when um, when do things get going during pre-season and he said, uh, well, they don't really. It doesn't really get going until the season starts. Not interested in pre-season friendly. So I thought, that's not quite the attitude that we're looking for. But yeah, best right back we've had. I mean, Jason Crow doesn't doesn't compare by any measure. It's good. I like him. Good. Let's move on then to the QPR match. We haven't spoken about that yet. Didn't something just feel right about that game on Saturday? It was another one of those things where the belief's there and we start to feel like we can win and we can take on any team in this division. I don't know why it was so easy. They're top of the league and I just was it kept expecting them to have a spell where we were going to be really under a lot of pressure and it never really happened. Well, what's good about that is you could see them trying. You could see QPR didn't, weren't terrible. And there, there were moments when Tarapt in particular was trying to get something going, but every time they were building up any momentum, we stopped them. Is this a reflection of maybe uh, it's the Warnock thing that he seems to put together a team that wins by attrition almost and leads are not too bad at dealing with that? Like people, you know, pumping high balls in, hitting the front man, whereas it's teams that try and play pretty little triangles through and round us that we struggle against. I know, we seem pretty poor against a big man with Preston, <laughs> to be fair. But in, big in the men. context There's of big how, men and big men, yeah, the, <laughs> John Parkin, he's, he's got his own gravity field for God's sake. But in, in terms of how we're playing now as a team, there's a lot more yeah. confidence, and we, we're able to deal with that sort of thing a lot more effectively. Maybe it was the same with Palace. We we started well, and we carried it right through for 90 minutes. I don't think we've had a full 90 minutes of good football from a team. We've had 45 minutes like a Burnley, a game of two halves, uh, but we're starting to play for a full game now. And as well, it was particularly impressive that we looked that solid when. It, We'd already lost O'Brien, then straight away Bruce went off. Yeah. And yet we still looked absolutely fine at the back against yeah, what's the, 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 yeah. the meant the to be the strongest team in the league. The, the confidence is now going yeah. throughout the squad as well. It's not just the, the, the first 11. And Lee Bromby's alive. Yeah. I thought at first we were teasing him because yeah. we, we, we appeared to be bringing him on. Then they went, actually, Bruce is staying. I, I bet his little heart was going on the side. <laughs> but he got on eventually. And he looked fine. I wonder why we've, yeah. we've not played him, to be honest. Is it just that he's not had an opportunity and there are other, other people in, in, you know, ahead of him? Possibly, but we've yeah, Andy Hughes got a game ahead of him. Yeah, and we've we've a few had weeks some ago. awful performances at, um, in defence, and it's for him to not get a look in seems a little bit harsh. It is weird when you see, think about sort of how badly Nader was doing. If yeah. Bromby was fit and just waiting, 
seemed like a change he could have made. And he played at this level in. for the majority of his career as well. Yeah, he's, he's a good defender. And yeah. as Will's come back to you with uh, Bromby, we paid money for, the, for him. <laughs> and it was the same with McCormack. With the, mm. the players we pay money for, we never play. Which is, uh, <laughs> I'm sure, tugs at the uh, the heartstrings of a certain Monaco-based um, property developer. But... <laughs> Two quick things then um, on this uh, on this match. First of all, if you've, if you've seen the Football League show, oh, I'm sure it's made it to YouTube. Were we now. on? QPR, Neil Warnock, ranting oh. at the ref, ref ranting at Neil oh, Warnock. Yeah. Fantastic. Love it. Brilliant. Love sticking it up, Mr Wanker. Although also on the Football League show, why did they have about 10 minutes of build-up outside with that knob? Patronising. Yeah. Chatting away and then showed 30 seconds of the game. Grr. <laughs> Especially when wasn't um, match of the day reduced because there was no was, Premier yeah. League football, mm-hmm. and I include Blackburn versus West Ham. The fact that there was no <laughs> Premier League football. So if that's gone, then somebody there had said, "All right, well we're starting early. We've got a longer program. Let's just recut the highlights for the big games and just give them ten minutes and show people how much better the Championship is." I think what really irked me that. about that as well is that they showed extensive highlights, like you said, of the of the Ipswich. Um, Snowfest. Oh, it was yeah. a shame that one called off, wasn't it? Yeah, and bloody hell, it was it was live on Sky at tea yeah. time as well. Yeah. It's like, is there any need to have the same game as the main match? That's what ICV always do. They always show um, an England friendly live, and then half an hour later they, they show, show the highlights. Yeah. And I don't know if that's relevant, but I wanted to to get it out there. <laughs> England friendly is normally that entertaining. You want to you want to see them twice? Not as entertaining as Leeds United versus QPR, which we are here to discuss after all. Yes, Max Gradle's best game in the Leeds shirt. Yeah, he's, he's yep. turning into something really good, isn't he? Although, on his second, I did want him to pass. My, um, yes, the, the chap I was uh, standing next to did use the phrase, oh, you greedy, and then a word which is not family-friendly, just before he shot and scored. <laughs> so, that's the second time he's done that this year. I think, was, I, think uh, I had a similar moment at Burnley, actually, like, oh, bloody pass it, Gradle, and then he, you know, he did something good, like score, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, second point I was going to mention from this game uh, was to do with the atmosphere, which somebody seems to have, speaking of on-switches, flicked the on-switch for the atmosphere at Allen Road, and it was fantastic. I think it was a case of a, the performance lifting the lifting the crowd. We could sense that we were playing well against a good side, and it was just people responding to it. I was reading one of the, I think it's the uh, Travels of a Leeds fan blog. I'm, I'm, apologies if I'm wrong about that. It might be one of the ones. But the, their report said they do a regular thing of the, taking the... Uh, took a thumb test in the gents at half-time. So it was the first time they could remember in years when everybody at the Urinals was saying, this is brilliant, we're playing really well. And not even like, because normally you, you, we're playing really well. And somebody was like, oh, bloody Johnson's shit though, isn't he? None of that, just everybody feeling really good. Maybe it's just Christmas Festive cheer. cheer. Yeah, well, and it, a lot of beer as well. Le- yeah, that helps, doesn't it? It was going to lead me on to another question, actually. Does, does it feel to anybody else like... Again, might be a festive cheer, but something a little bit special might be happening. We feel like we're getting our club back again now after the dirge of the third division. I still feel like it's probably going to go a bit wrong at some stage. But that's only natural because yeah. it's Leeds. We've got to wait for the sucker punch. If yeah, nothing we're, else, though, we're only about 10 points off the survival target, which by Christmas is is perfect. I'm quite better than we that. expected. And, uh, there is, um, I think I agree with what you're saying. It's, it's nice that we've still got the third division squad at the core of it. Um, I'm glad. I'm, no, that's the wrong way of putting it. But I'll, I'll stick with it. I'm glad that Painter and McCormack and um, who else has come in? Nobody. I'm sort of <laughs> glad that they're not up there. But it is instead. It's Becchio and it's Snodgrass and it's House and, and mm. Gradle that the ones that are playing really well and are, are carrying us, um, carrying us through. I almost want to swap Caspers back just for uh, old times' sake. <laughs> no, <you don't. laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah right, that I must don't. Be, that must but you know what I mean. Stupidity. You know what I mean. It's just it's yeah. it's not like we we just sold out the team that got us back. We've stuck with with the core of it, and it's it's working. Which it's nice. It's a throwback to uh, the sixties when when teams used to do that. They used to come up the divisions and have the same players. A Blackpool, in a way, took Craney and Ormrod into the Premier League. Indeed. So all all well at Ellen Road, which is it's a for now. It's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's yeah. a mark the departure for for this podcast to not be. You know, rife with cynicism. We're going to drop to tenth and sack the manager. Yeah. I hope that's that's clear. But let's let's enjoy this feeling because it is a yeah. rare it's a rare emotion. I think that was why when people were singing um, Leeds are going up on Saturday, yeah, it didn't matter. It's, we're not cursing anything. Enjoy the day. Group hug, everyone. Get off. So with the matches out of the way, then let's talk now about other stuff that's been happening down at Ellen Road in the last couple of weeks. Got to deal first of all, I guess, with um, 
the fact that Becky has now signed his contract, which is great news. Um, three and a half years. What can we say other than great news? It's great news. It's great news. <laughs> it is great news. I can't news. say anything else about that, no. <laughs> now, he is one of the, as we were just talking about with players coming up, he is one player that I really, really wanted to do well, and I had my doubts early in the season. And I'm, I'm just delighted that he's scoring goals and he's looking more comfortable at this level. There is something likeable about him, isn't there? Strange. He keeps getting compared to uh, Ian Baird. He's like Ian Baird with a, I don't know, with the, the capacity to smile. I enjoyed his interview um, after signing his contract. Fucking that, unbelievable. <laughs> he managed not to swear, but he did. Um, Isn't that sort of Manuel thing that's kind of cute about him? You think, oh, bless well, you, Luciano. It. His interview was him standing there in the cold. And it was I about, like tonight, eh, uh, Well, that, the question Tom Kerwin said, uh, the Leeds fans here love you, love you, don't they, Luciano? And he sort of looked at him as if he didn't know what was going on. And then he says, uh, of course, yeah, uh, they love me. Yes, and then they just and that was pretty much the extent of the interview. Are you happy to sign the contract? Y- yeah, of course. And that's all he ever seems to say. So perhaps um, he'll give an interview in Argentina, Tevez style, that will make us all ridiculous. Sold by happening. Christmas. But you can tell that you can tell that he loves the club, doesn't he? He's come from kind of this weird, obscure place, and now he's kind of found a spiritual home, and he's, he's giving it all the lead salutes, and he loves it. We love him. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Welcome, welcome for tea at my house any day. <laughs> so, Oddy, you've got a bit of a, an exclusive about this contract thing, haven't you? Will I'll, I'll throw the floor open to you. <clears throat> Go on then. At half time, I was actually about fifteen minutes into the second half. We were still in the bar uh, on Saturday, uh, and a couple of chaps I know. The contract was actually ironed out on the Friday night in a drinking establishment with uh, Lucy's agents. Is this where Lucy do their business in a pub? It, obviously, yeah. Good place to do it. Yeah, because the rumor was, and this is a rumor. I've been told this, but you've got to take it as a rumour. Take it with a pinch of salt. Yes. That uh, Ken Bates doesn't like um, Lucy's agent. No, you'd never get that sense that Bates would not like an agent. No. Nor wouldn't get on with someone. No. And it took someone else at the club uh, to thrash out the deal on Friday night. If we call him perhaps Win Williams, would that... <laughs> Inadequate disguise. You can call him what you want, yeah. Okay. And and this this mystery man was able to do on a on a Friday night in a pub in a pub. What uh, we we gather that Ken Bates, due to personal differences with senior agent, with senior agent, in set, six months, six, nine months, a longer period of time, shall yes. we say? You've got to say though. I mean, whatever you say about Ken Bates, he's a good businessman. Awkward silence descends on the pod. Also in contract news, Tom Lees has signed uh, a new contract. Currently on loan at Bury, but he's getting rave reviews. Apparently, Ken Bates hates... <laughs> no, like, uh, we've, we've heard not. No, it's good if he's playing well and we're uh, we're signing up some youngsters. Um, and contract rebel Bradley Johnson yeah. has been on TalkSport. That was the day after we were doing oh. this and telling him to shut up, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Bradley. He's such a bright lad, isn't he? Yeah. Really comes across well. He might a professional footballer as well, not sounding particularly... It was the thing that his agent had obviously said, use the word equality, but then that's more or less the only word he used for about five <laughs> minutes. Every question they asked him, regardless of what it was, he just went, I just want equality. Like, yeah, but how, what about your form? He thought he was after a uh, test week. <laughs> uh, equality. I don't, I, I don't, I does himself no favours going on there. No, he did better against Burnley and uh, against QPR. That's where he's going to... That's where the PR exercise exercise. That's where the PR. That's where the PR exercise should be uh, happening. Um, is on the pitch, and he's doing that, um, and so he will be well advised. So even though Ken Bates is obviously goading him in the program, now it's like something rotten. He needs to just take, like Michael did when he was goaded, something rotten by Ken Bates. Take the higher ground and moan about it on a podcast. Yes. <laughs> But we, but at least we're better than TalkSport. If yeah. Bradley Johnson wants to come on here... Immigrants, are they to blame? <laughs> <laughs> um, we've heard a little whisper as well, though, that, that, that Bradley Johnson might get the Wing Lilliams uh, treatment and this might be resolved as well in the forthcoming weeks and months. I mean, we've kind of said there's an air of, well, does it matter if he leaves about Bradley Johnson, but wouldn't it be good to see him signed up? And if they can resolve it, why not? Thrash it out. Let's, let's not descend into Johnson gang. But it's worth saying, we, we lost about five minutes in the edit um, in the last podcast <laughs> to Oddie giggling at Johnson puns, which is, at your age, quite frankly, is a disgrace. Shoddy. 
Funny yeah. though. Would we like to see him signed up? If all it takes yes. is just the, the certain party that we've mentioned spending a Friday night with Johnson in the pub, in, <laughs> in the pub, or perhaps back at the hotel, just uh, just getting a grip on the Johnson situation and oh. uh, and um, and and coming off with a, a, a good just, result. Just stop now. You're just doing knob gags. So how do we handle two Johnsons? Because uh, there's another Johnson now. Saying he wants to come. Michael. For Leeds. A big Leeds fan, apparently. Yeah, Michael Johnson he from Manchester. A, well, I was going to say, he is, a, he is a bigger Johnson than the Johnson that we have. Although, uh, he was a, such a bright spark for England, wasn't he? Yeah. In the youth teams uh, a few years ago. But he's uh, let's just say he's packing a bit of timber. He's, uh, there, is, there is a danger girthy. of Andy Robinson part two. I'm not um, surprised his knees have gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, they kept describing he's been out for ages with abdominal injuries, which... Um, it doesn't seem to have been a yeah. <laughs> there's, there's an instant leap there towards pies, isn't there? So uh, he's a quality player. <clears throat> if past evidence is anything to go on, would we like to see that Johnson in, in a lead shirt? I've not seen him play for three years, but he was brilliant three years ago. But I, as you said, he's uh, he's completely disappeared. He may complement the other Johnson because we, we've got like at the moment. I think we have a hard Johnson in midfield, and he he bring a bit more of a subtlety. To, uh, to to the midfield, a softer Johnson. A softer Johnson. I just don't know how Kilkenny's going to do with it. cope with the Johnson on either side of him, though. They could perhaps put one in front of him, one behind. <laughs> oh, true. That's a good idea. You see, a great deal of how we deal with two Johnsons will be Grayson's uh, management of the pair. Whether he can, uh, whether he can find gaps to put them both into. <laughs> we need to stop this because this this is becoming really really juvenile. So, um, did this just come out of the blue then? I'm not really sure whether... I've seen the story, but has he just come out and says, I want to go play for Leeds? He's almost talking himself into a move, isn't he? That's yeah. what he's trying to do. If he's going to go out on loan, which obviously must have, I'm guess, guessing has happened in the corridors at Man City, that uh, he said, you know, get yourself out on loan. So he's, he's talking up a, a Lose some fucking weight. <laughs> <laughs> I did a news search on him before he came out here, and he, a, a, like a fortnight ago, um, there were similar whispers about him going to Wolves. So um, I think that there may be that element of just trying to get him to somewhere where there isn't a, a midfield packed full of international stars that he, he can't displace. You keep keep prodding that Johnson in there, but he just can't find... Stop, uh, just no, I, come on. <laughs> let, me, let me say my piece. But shouldn't he, uh, the words Adam Clayton ring alarm bells with him, comes into the club and gets shipped out somewhere fairly quick? Yeah, I think Grayson's spoken about uh, Clayton being one for the future anyway, hasn't he? He's only 20. Mm. Just get him into our system and... And similar with Tom Lees and uh, and the other players that we've just sent out on loan, get them experience if they're not playing, and uh, and then bring them back Cause when the good. There's a problem at youth level, isn't there, that we've not bringing through enough quality. So maybe it's a case of bringing a few young players to yeah. to flesh it all out a little bit. And... It's like a shortcut, and Johnson would bring, be bringing a lot of flesh. <laughs> That's a, what reference to his weight, not about his. The fact that his name means penis in American. All right, then off the pitch, there are now murmurs of shifting the away fans over to the West Stand, which I think is an eminently sensible move. And if Ken's notes are to be believed, it's only going to displace maybe 280 season ticket holders. Get them out of the way. Get them paying top dollar. Give us the South Stand back. Sell season tickets. End of rant. Agreed. Agreed. I I think it's terrible when the South Stand's full of away fans. It eliminates half of the cheap tickets. So it forces all the Leeds Mm. fans into the... 30 quid seats, which is a pretty poor. Well done, Ken. Yeah. And not many teams bring many fans anyway. We, we used so. to stick them up there in the European games yeah. sometimes. We'd put Barcelona and Real Madrid up there. I remember Lazio up there when I had a ticket in the South Stand and they, they seemed quite um, a subdued bunch. So you have the worst seats <laughs> in the ground, yeah. the most expensive prices and lump it. it is the, yeah. We would put them in those really crap ones that overlap with the roads. that are yeah. practically in the chippy. Yeah. 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 Uh, so speaking of uh, Leeds <clears throat> fleecing people, allegedly fleecing people, the iPhone app has now been released. It's a, a skank that they're asking people to not only pay I mean, three quid, all right, it's three quid for the app, but another 25 quid for a year's subscription to the content there, contained therein would be fine if you didn't have an LUTV subscription, but it looks at this stage like they're asking you to pay twice. For a reduced version of the LUTV subscription that you may already have paid for. Do you need to be a member to buy the app? Probably not because it involves handing money over. Well, I think the problem with it is I don't have an iPhone. I'm cheap scum. <laughs> if anybody wants to send me an iPhone, I'll, I'll try the app out. <laughs> Maybe if you say the word iPhone enough on air, I'd, yeah, they might send us one. Is that that magnificent device made by Apple? I understand I can get some premium content there. Do you know what? I'll tell you what, I bet Steve Jobs is listening to this right now. Well, why wouldn't he be? Big Leeds fan, you can tell, but he's got one of the, uh, he always wears the black away kit that was rumoured. I mean, I, um, think, <laughs> I think we know that um, the... 
higher echelons of power at, uh, at Ellen Road see pound signs when they see Leeds fans. Yeah. And this is just smacks of slightly cynical, doesn't it, that they can't, you know, sort the LUTV subscribers out already. <laughs> 25 quid is just too much money for, for what it is. I mean, to watch... I mean, it looks bad enough on um, on the website. I have an LUTV subscription, and frankly, the, the picture quality is poor. I can only imagine how bad it is on a 2 by 3 inch screen and maybe the convenience of being able to watch that on a bus or on your way to an away game or whatever would be worth five or a season ten or a season but something about the figure 24.99 just screams taking the piss especially if you have already probably up 40 pounds uh, to watch it um, at home right well that righteous indignation out of the way let's move on to something more positive I still want an iphone though uh, send us one jobs now. Grayson's third Christmas in charge. He's the first manager to have made it this far for well, quite quite a long while now. And doesn't it show? We look, we look a, we're a transformed club since he came in. And he, does, he deserves an awful lot of credit. I want to hug the man. Me too. But if you contrast it with someone like Newcastle, who are chopping and changing managers just for fun. I mean, let's face it, Ken Bates is known for being a bit harsh with his managers, but it's nice to see him identify quality in Grayson and give him the time to build. Probably a good job he ignored uh, a lot of us six weeks ago as well when um, people were starting to come up. If he doesn't sort this out in three games, he's got to go because he's out of his depth. And it's clear, well, he's clearly not out of his depth. He clearly knows what he's doing. It just takes time. You kind of get the sense that he always, oh, I believe now that he kind of always knows what he wants and he, he knows what he wants the end product to be, but perhaps with the players that is disposal, with the budgets available, he's not quite been able to get there. But now it seems that we're starting to progress to where we want to be. I mean, as a purely for comparison purposes, in the wake of Chris Hewton getting sacked, um, I heard a, a, a right old interview on TalkSport, or maybe it was on Radio 5, when they had um, John Carver complaining. That, the John uh, Carver? The John yeah. Carver was saying... Management... Was, he was material with John Carver. Well, he was complaining about Chris Hewton getting the sack. He said, he said he's a young manager and uh, and he deserves a chance. And speaking as a young manager, or hope to be young manager, <laughs> I deserve a chance. And, it, and it was, I was thinking, God, John Carver used to manage. Yeah, but he did well for us on Saturday. He did do very yeah. well for us on Saturday. And um, hopefully that'll be charge. enough for him to, uh, to be given the job there and drag them down. Didn't he win his first game in charge of us as caretaker did, against, against Birmingham? And everyone thought, oh, wow, this is a well, transformation of our style. And then we lost every other game, I think. <laughs> yeah, quite badly. Moving on. So yeah, no, Grayson staying, it, it's yeah, a lovely thing. Yeah. Grayson looking possibly to write himself into the, uh, into the history books. One man who has done, Howard Wilkinson. I'll say nothing more, but just turn the floor over to you now, Moscow. I talked to him on the phone. Um, I had a, uh, yes, Saturday lunchtime. Um, this is thanks to uh, Square Ball Forum member, the Flying Pig deserves all the credit for this because he... Um, stalking Howard? He's been stalking <laughs> Howard. And- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This PA for uh, for several months, uh, which I'm sure was perhaps a bit bothersome given Wilkinson was trying to keep Sheffield Wednesday alive during that period. But yes, we got an interview with him for uh, the Square Ball. We spoke to him for about 40 minutes. 
and uh, and he's uh, one a very nice man to talk to us for that long. And secondly, uh, we 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 did get sort of a different view on um, on sort of the ending of his his time at Leeds because the um, that popular perception of him not really knowing what he was doing circa nineteen ninety six. From his point of view, it was all he he seemed to be regretful that his ten year plan ended at eight years because even though the start of that season in 96-97 was not the best. He said in the, the, the grander picture, he was fulfilling his side of the bargain in terms of off the pitch and just keeping things ticking over. We'd just been in a cup final. But there was a loss of nerve um, at boardroom level that basically meant uh, Leslie Silver, who, due to a, uh, an armed robbery at his house, quite understandably just wanted, wanted out the club other people wanted different things, and it became chaotic. And as part of that, he was removed. And his eight-year, his ten-year plan ended after eight years. But as he pointed out in the interview, David O'Leary got the job ten years to the week from when um, Howard Wilkinson agreed the ten-year project with um, with Leslie Silver and Bill Fotherby. And I got the impression that he uh, um, he was still a bit disappointed that he wasn't there when all those players came through the youth team. When his legacy bore fruit, basically. Basically, that was what he wanted. And uh, and he, and if people had just sort of backed him for another two seasons just to see it through to that point. And the man has a very good point, I think. But there's lots more he's had to say as well about Thomas Brolin and uh, um, academies and, um, and being an admin with Sheffield Wednesday, which was quite interesting stuff. So look forward to reading that in the Squareball magazine. Well, we'll deal with all that in the new year. I'm sure we'll, we'll concentrate on it more intently then. Uh, when we've had time to digest it and put it all together and get it written. But it, it sounds fascinating. And the little snippets you've sent through to us on email sound brilliant. And I feel a bit regretful that I wanted him out when he was, when, you know, he sort of lost his way in 96. But, we're, you know, you never know what's going on at boardroom level. It's almost a bit like what we've been saying with uh, with Grayson just now, that if you stick with somebody through the bad patch, um, while while they have a bigger picture that is, that is going on, um, it can... It can bear fruit. Otherwise, you'll stand up with O'Leary. I think a lot of people have got feelings of guilt about that with Wilkinson because it was fairly widely agreed at the time that he needed to go. But I think it's only now he's left. People have really appreciated what he did for the club. And do you know what I think that's down to? I think it's down to Thorpe Arch. And people realise the significance of it. And now we don't own it anymore. Yeah. And it's the production line has not ground to a halt, but it's significantly dropped you realise the value of that facility and Wilkinson's legacy to Leeds. And it was in what he was uh, telling us about Thorpe Arch was it's not just about the bricks and the mortar, but he said every aspect of the culture there he put in place in terms of having the kids living there instead of just coming in every day, having them going to school there so that they would not have to leave, so that they could play football every single day. And um, I think he said that it was something that when he left Notts County, which was in the 80s, he realised what was necessary and Leeds was his chance to do it. And you can't really argue that he did do it when that team that O'Leary inherited came through. That was his bunch of players who had all grown up according to his rules. And um, and they were a great bunch of players. Plus, um, if you had to think about the, the senior players, Nigel Martin, Lee Bowyer, he bought them just before he, he left. So, so that it, it does put a, a different perspective on that idea that he went mental and lost the plot. Well, there's a lot of love in this podcast, I think, today, particularly as we're coming up to Christmas. So, Howard Wilkinson, we salute you. As this is the very last podcast of 2010, it's probably worth having a little a little review of the year. Highs, lows, it's Christmas as well, so we can talk about what we want for Christmas. So, let's uh, let's look at 2010 as a, as a calendar year. Started off on the biggest of highs, didn't it, when we first started doing this podcast, actually. January 3rd. Remember the day? What a great start to the year. It was wonderful. It was tempered only by the thought that I had to go and do a podcast a few days later and I didn't really know what was going on. And we didn't really know each other either. No, but um, still uh, still a glorious afternoon. Still gets sung about. And the laws that quickly followed. Yeah, yeah who, who was it we played the, the, the game after? It was Wickham away. Ah. It was Wickham at home. <laughs> <laughs> it was Wickham. It was Wickham at home. It was Wickham everywhere. <laughs> they are they are Wickham Wanderers. They do get around, <laughs> and then from there to Exeter. Yeah, it showed it showed where we actually were. We, we we saw a little glimpse of where we wanted to be playing Man United, and then it was very much back down to earth with the bump. I suppose that's one thing that's changed during 2010. Is that we're not going to have to. Who do we play first game after Arsenal? 
not sure, but we played Cardiff just before them. You know, it's like we we play these big matches and then we're just playing uh, decent matches instead yeah. of just depressing, awful matches. The week after. <laughs> well, oh, that kind oh. of blows my theory out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant research, though. <laughs> More straight, holes than Swiss cheese, that one. Straight from the Emirates to uh, wherever Scunthorpe play. God, we're still acting like the... That's one thing that hasn't changed Well, they'll be playing at Ellen Road in this case. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did... Men- it's Glanford Park and we beat them. Glan- Glanford Park. Maybe a New Year's resolution for the podcast. Research. Research yeah. <laughs> so the obvious, the obvious high points of, of 2010, you know, the Scum game. Spurs match was a great one as well, wasn't it? Obviously, the Bristol match. The lifting of the podcast curse. Yes, we did. We, we, we unjinxed to the club, didn't we? But I think the biggest... Oddie urinated in every corner of the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I always do that. Yeah, the uh, the big thing for me, as we just mentioned, is just getting out of League One. And I think it's only now we're, uh, you know, at the back end of this year that and we're getting glimpses of promotion that you realise just how good it is to see the back of League One and not being bogged down there anymore. I always see it now still and think what a hard league it is to get out of. I don't know why, because there's, there's obviously some good teams in there now, but they just they still lose quite often. Like Huddersfield, kind of as a local rival, they seem to look like they're going to go up quite easily some weeks, and then they'll lose to someone crap at home, and you think, God, that was us. Wasn't it miserable losing to Carlisle and people like that? You're obviously going to lose matches whatever league you're in. It's harder to take when it's Exeter. You can't forget either that never in Leeds United's history, I don't think enough is made of this, never in Leeds United's history were we ever in Division 3, ever, at all, in all time, at any moment, (laughs) was Leeds United ever a third division football club and we lived through... Thanks to Dennis Wise. (laughs) And everybody else. We sunk to those debts. Yeah, and being free of it is just like, I mean... Promotion, people are starting to talk about. Don't care, quite like this league. Yeah, even if we even if we don't yeah. go up, it won't be the crushing blow that it would have been to fail again last year. No. We we said in uh, I think the last podcast of last season that, it, that 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 period when Bristol were a goal up and we were just staring at another season. I think it would have been too much to take. There would have been children dying, mothers <laughs> crying, just just no no hope, no no future, just a bleak. Bleak winter ahead with with Leeds United in the third in the third division for four running season. So we're free of all that, and so 2010 we can look back on it as as the year that that ended. We're finishing it as as good as we started it in second place. <laughs> <laughs> do, you know what, do you know what I was thinking about in the car on the way over here to record this? I was thinking, you know what, we're only two places away from the worst team in the Premier League now. We're not far off being a decent side. And I'd fancy us to beat West Ham. Oh, yeah. I fancy us to beat Arsenal, but that's uh, perhaps for the next podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, if, if you consider the fact that we put up a, a manful performance against a vastly superior Tottenham side, you know, obviously there's the, the scum game as well. And there was the Liverpool game and as Liverpool, well, yeah, didn't we, we spoke cup, about yeah. much, but I really enjoyed that match. And we matched them for, for, for very long periods, didn't we? Yeah. We played quite well, and maybe it's a sign that this, you know, after all, we've, we've got a decent little squad here, and, you know. Got to remember, Barcelona wanted Snodgrass. It could have been Snodgrass in there instead of Xavi right now. Getting the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right then, so what would you like for Christmas then? Apart from, would we want promotion? Or is it all right where we are at the minute? It's fine, but... Mm. You've, you'd think never, it, you'd never, this, would you ever refuse it? There was no. this discussion going on the forum, and I always want us to win every game, and if we do that, then we will inevitably go up. So, yes, I do want, to, I do want promotion. <laughs> That's always the downside of, of having done so well in recent weeks, is now that we're second is to not go up. We'll have to lose a big bunch of games at some point, and I don't want yeah. that to happen. But something you said earlier, Michael, that, um, a few podcasts ago, that it'd be good to be around 6th, 7th, so the expectation isn't so high. And if we don't get in, it's no real shame. But if we do, it's it's a bonus. But as you say, as long as we keep winning... I'd take a playoff why not? defeat. But that's, yeah. the only, that's the only thing, though, isn't it, is now that we've, we've, oh, we've sneaked into second and yeah. people are starting to think, hang on a second... We could get promoted now, mm. but football has a horrible habit of kicking you right in the bollocks yeah. just when you start to glance upwards and think, you know what, we could do this. We're ready for it now, though. We're, we're standing here primed, protecting ourselves from a kick in the bollocks, whereas I think we've been a bit more exposed over previous seasons. Yeah, well, there was, there was a need to get up, wasn't there, I think, which it was a, it was a, a massive demand and expectation that we got out of League One. And, and there is there is a difference when you're being kicked in the bollocks between being kicked in the bollocks while you're on your knees and being kicked in the bollocks while you're standing up. And we are now standing up. So if somebody wants to kick us in the bollocks, we're not going to go down. 
Whereas if you're on your knees and somebody kicks you in the bollocks, <laughs> you're more likely to go down again. It hurts more. It's an interesting analogy. But Can I just I say I don't want anybody to be kicking me in the bollocks? <laughs> I just want people to be realistic and remember that we were, we were in League One last year and not to get on the team's back when we lose a few games <coughs> and except we're probably not going to go up but we are doing very well at the moment none I of us none of us even slightly expected to be second we all sat in here after Preston and Barnsley thinking we were going to be lucky to stay up it's the manner of those defeats that I think rile people I don't think you, you were going to win some we're going to lose some mm-hmm. we'll take a beating somewhere along the line it's the capitulations <coughs> isn't it yeah what's weird about the league table as well is that our goal difference is only plus four which is a Tiny amount of, of goals more to have scored to have somehow be in second. Are we top understand. scorers though? Yeah, as we, well, we joined top scorers with Watford, aren't we? Yeah, it's just like Preston and Cardiff and Barnsley games just totally did us in. That's all it is. Yeah, that's, that's all. That's I, all. I, I, uh, I, I diminish your points. But you can always you can always say if you take out the bad results. Oh yeah, we'll be up as champions. <laughs> no, that's true. Just, my my brain's not working. So how many goals did we concede in those three games? What was it? Barnsley was five, five. four. And six, six. 15. 15. Yeah, you see, so we, if you we've conceded like what half or thereabouts of the goals that we've conceded in three games. See, Michael, Dan says I'm right. He's right. Maybe he is. Yeah, you, you can always, yeah, you can always filter out the bad things, can't you? But it does stand up as an argument that we've conceded 15 in three games. It stands up and it gets kicked in the box. <laughs> <laughs> so, with regards to 2011, nice present will be to get promoted. Any New Year's resolutions that you've sort of got in mind? that you'd like Leeds to either do, not do, you'd like to do, or do less of? I'd like to see them put more bar staff on at half-time, so I'm not still in the bar 20 minutes into the second half, and then having to go try and get back to my seat, which is in the middle of the block, and have to go, excuse me, like, bad annoy, night. You annoy 15 excuse people. Like, yeah. 15 pe- at least 15 people. And we're always the last ones in because we're outside selling the magazine, so we only just get in just as the players are coming out. Well, one of the blokes who I go with, he... Um, I've never seen him sit in his seat past about what maybe six seven minutes. I think eight minutes is a record, and he's in the bar for the rest of the game. So I've got plenty of leg room where, mm. where I am. Does he not like you? No, he just he goes for the drinking. He and likes beer more. Yeah, he like, yeah, likes beer more than me. My uh, New Year's resolution is to get to more away games. I've decided, and we are doing Bristol, aren't we? Assuming mm. our application goes through. No, it's, it's in. It's in. He won't pay for the tickets though. Oh, but unless we win, it's quite yeah. possible that we may not return if it goes as. As well slash badly as we think. Bristol's a nice place. Used to be. Remember Bournemouth? That was a lovely place. <laughs> Late 80s. But there's a distinct possibility we might end up sharing a hotel room, which would be a podcast first, I think. Uh, I think so, yeah. I went to Bristol uh, a couple of years ago, and I think they ended up with five of us in a travel lodge room. <laughs> so, uh, cosy. Yeah. Were they all men, or? They were, yes. Sadly. <laughs> But it should be a, a fruity trip, if nothing else. And we'll, yeah. I'm sure we'll have a nice time. Is that your New Year's resolution? More fruity trips. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hoping for the uh, Bronski Beat CD for Christmas that I've been <laughs> I don't know what I want from 2011, Leeds United style. be nice to see Paddy back playing and not on his jollies in America doing that call. You do realise, don't you, we've got a Max and a Paddy um, if, in our side. If, yeah. uh, one midget enforcer and one uh, central defensive enforcer. In fact, they could work on the door of Ken's nightclub when that finally gets built. I'd like Max's resolution to be just calm down. That's I think we'd all benefit from that. Luciano's can maybe just to uh, to not start grabbing his badge after every single assist. It was it, it's nice. I appreciate it, but um, it, you do worry when it's overdone. So. He doesn't need to do it now, does he? No, it's because he's got contract. Yeah, he can get injured. He's made for life. Yeah. So all in all, then twenty ten, bloody difficult. The first half of it until about May the eighth. Yeah. Remember the date. May the eighth. We yeah. beat the team that we've never really cared about before. But yeah, so it was it was a tough first five months. Then we had uh, It's been a big W. Yeah, it has, hasn't it really? And we had a bit bit of a, a a big high in May and then we had a few months off to all shed ourselves of likely heart attacks. And then it all started again in August and it's it's been up and down, hasn't it, since then, but Seems to be on a general upward curve, so let's hope it continues. We do, and, and from a, a square ball point of view, I hope 2011 does bring the um, the much vaunted Ken Bates interview. I've got a feeling it's going to happen. Blimey, then we've got a lot of matches coming up, so let's uh, get through those right away. First up, Leicester Boxing Day. Spends men. We go to the Crisp Ball Stadium. We never get anything off Leicester. No. Well, it's about time it changed. As Oli said in the last podcast, they're due a beating. 
Not Leicester, but you said that about Burnley, didn't you? Any other away fans? They just dual beaten. You see, I look at it and I want revenge, but like Michael, I just think, yeah, we're not going to get any revenge. We might get some. Well, now we've got second. There's a crash wait. Now, now expectations of us possibly going top. Day after Christmas as well. They could all be uh, still pissed. They took a bit of a pummeling down at Ipswich, though, didn't they? So, but always that you know, freak conditions in the snow and all that. But can we? Will we? We can. We've just beaten top of the league without. If we can beat Get QPR. Second gear. Yeah. But Leicester seem to really have, have a beating of us tactically at Ellen Road. Um, and this Sweet. is, a, you know, I mean, I know we're a different side now, but even with this sort of, this is when we were getting into the infancy of this new system and Sven clearly outthought Grayson. But he, he's not half the manager, Simon Grayson is. The track records prove. Yeah, I know. Oh, he's a good manager. <laughs> Bank um, is done. Yeah, that's it. I mean, the, 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 when Leicester are having some rubbish rumours of signing David Beckham on loan, something isn't right in the entire world. But yeah, let's hope that Leicester don't ruin Christmas. So, in speaking, of, there's a nice parallel with Grayson's first ever game was uh, Leicester on Boxing Day, and it's come round again. What did we win? It was a one-all draw. I'd take that. I'd probably take that as well. Yeah. Remain unbeaten. Good. Right then, Portsmouth. They're a bit. That was almost a prediction. Bloody hell! Wow. Well, this... Have we said one-one? <laughs> so Michael Port- said. Portsmouth's coming up on the 28th. Then that's the uh, Tuesday, isn't it? They're on a bit of an upward curve, but you would hope with us in the form that we are, long trip, bit cold. They're not going to fancy it, are they? Hopefully not. I'm, are we still annoyed that the, they've escaped any punishment? Really? Yeah. Yeah. For all their financial. Yeah. Especially when you consider that um, that it's now proven that their owners didn't exist. Yeah, that was a particular. Uh... <laughs> Which, whenever people, uh, I mean, sorry, but they passed the fit and proper test. Well, yeah, and whenever whenever yeah. people say that Leeds' owners passed the fit and proper person's test, so there's nothing to worry about. Well. It actually could be Robert Mugabe if he exists, which is a step up from not existing. It is a step up from that. It could be, yeah. So that's no no surety. But um, yeah, so that's annoying. And um, plus, ah, they're a fourth division team. They got they got above the station, send them back down. <laughs> They've actually got quite a strong first eleven, but because they had to get rid of so many players over some of the. Once you get outside of that, it looks fairly weak. But they still got Carney. Did he ever have He's at least out of 10 years old now. He's 110. The pain is pension. He's probably still on the bench, just bringing him on for five minutes. Changed the game. But I meant if you took any 100-year-old man onto a football field (laughs) with five minutes left, it would change the game. So... (laughs) Ken Bates bringing himself on. Donny Chairman did that. Yes, he did. did, John Ryan, yeah, brought himself on. That's not self-indulgent in the slightest, is it? I bet Carney was a bit miffed, because I bet he's thinking secretly, I've... I've beaten your record. You're not the, old, you're not the oldest player. To I just play. can't tell anyone this dodgy Nigerian passport. Um, turning our attention to 2011, then the first game in the new year is Middlesbrough at home. It only seems like two minutes since we were up there, uh, and Luciano was smashing in a volley. It is a funny run of fixtures because it's not long since we played Leicester, and they're coming around again. But um, yeah, Borough have gone and got a decent manager now. No offence, Gordon, but um, they've got a chance now. Whereas. They didn't really stand a chance against Luciano's magnificence. Yeah, they lost again on the weekend, but they, you look at the squad and you've got to think they're going to start improving at some stage. So let's just hope it's after the first. But it's that thing again, isn't it, of um, inconsistency, a new manager, going to take time to bed in, get his own players. Although he sold them all to I was going to say, he's, already, right, yeah. he's got rid of them all once. <laughs> he knows them all. Yeah. So uh, into the new year, further then, the, the big one that's on the horizon, the, the trip in the new year to Cardiff. The, the important point we need to take from this is that we need to destroy them and destroy them hard. That's what has to happen. Car- Leeds against Cardiff. Cardiff must be dismantled, girder by girder, brick by brick. They're not the team they were, and nor are we. We've both changed. We seem to not, I'm not saying we've crossed yet, crossed paths, but um, they are not as consistent and as good as they were. We are getting more consistent. It should be interesting. It will be interesting to see how far we've come over the course of, say, 10, 11, 12 games, whatever it'll be at that point. It would be interesting to see as well if their fans have come out of the 1970s at all. Because um, they, they, seem, they seem to struggle with the modern world whenever Leeds United visit. It's the police you've got to worry about as well. They're not, they're not much better, are they? The headloo. So, and then, and then we were faced with, uh, faced with the players and we've got Craig Bellamy. We've spoken about Craig Bellamy. If he's even fit, if he can even be arsed. He's not quite been the... Uh, he's not quite ruled the division the way that... The, no- uh, the novelty you know. seems to maybe have worn off, doesn't it? The, real, the, the fact that we're into the grind of the, of the season now. Some odd rumour going around that he was ringing the Firenode manager as well and asking for him to sign him. Who's the Feyenoord manager? I don't even know the guy's name. He was on the ra- he was on the radio the other day. Feyenoord fan rental. It's an oldie, but it's a goodie. But he basically said to him, "Stop ringing me. Stop ringing me, please. <laughs> hey. I don't like you." Yeah, so we just got, we've just got to have a Cardiff, and then I think um, 
we'll be uh, top and everything will be fine. Things yeah. will feel more right in the world once we've got a good win over Cardiff. Uh, we're, we're due a win over over Cardiff, I think. Yeah, and maybe are. if we can continue this good form, even if we lose one of the the intervening games, which we're quite capable of doing, it'd be nice to go down there and you know correct that FA Cup wrong for a start. Let's well, hope uh, a win at uh, or a defeat at Cardiff doesn't. Turn our season into a January January fourth. Remember the date we, <laughs> we lost to the team that really hates us for no That's the reason. thing as well. The, the Arsenal thing. game just after that. Maybe yeah. the players will be distracted. So uh, we don't like yeah. that. They don't seem distractible at the moment. They seem quite on the, it. These are footballers. Think of the short attention span. And yeah. uh, we, and they're out on the Christmas night out as well. I was just about Christmas to say night. when you think of <laughs> think of their intellectual capacity. We saw Sanchez Watts photograph from the. Uh, the Christmas do. No, they're all in fancy dress, weren't they? Anybody else? Just have slight panics of the Woody and Boyer persuasion thing. In yeah. footballers all going out drinking together, especially when considering David Sommer was carrying an enormous gun. <laughs> <laughs> do we have anything else to mention before we? Uh... We're just uh, we're looking at a lot of games there, four games, and if we win them all, um, that would be mental. So just everybody prepare for something in that four, that bunch of four, not to be quite right. Don't let it rain Anything Christmas. from no points to 12 points we could get. <laughs> That's a possibility. We're, yeah. back, we're back into our usual swing yeah, of predictions. Yeah. I would say Leicester and Cardiff away are two of the hardest games we'll have this year. Yeah. So it's fine if we lose those. Okay. Portsmouth and Borough ain't going to be easy. Well, they say I'll take a point from four of these four <laughs> games. <laughs> so they, they it's say that survival just drains away. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah we, we, they always say, don't they, uh, whoever comes out of it, out of the mix after the, the Christmas period, that tends to s- lend a pattern to the rest of the season. So if we're still there or thereabouts after Christmas, then we can maybe look forward to uh, collapsing horribly yeah. in 2011. <laughs> yeah, that was the same story we had last year. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. We still went up. Fingers crossed that it's not the case. You never know, eh? You never know. So with those, uh, those, I use the term in inverted commas, predictions out of the way. There was one. Previews, we'll say. We'll say previews. Have we got anything else we'd like to mention on this uh, this podcast? I was just going to mention um, my mate's girlfriend won a, a meal at the fantastic Howard's restaurant, um, and they went along on a Friday night for uh, for it. They won it on Yorkshire Radio, obviously, um, and they, they went along on a Friday night. They, they, were, they, they didn't go voluntarily. No, <laughs> it was free, but um, they were the only people in there apart from Bates and and his family, and he kept coming over to talk to them during their meal. <laughs> Uh, and and criticise him for not buying the most expensive thing on the menu. Little did he know it was his own radio station paying for it. <laughs> yeah, it just seemed. Uh, I thought it was quite a nice little insight that he's he's it's actually he's kind of in a way, isn't it? he's in there himself giving his own competition prizes for his own stuff. It's just a big circle of businesses that he just passes one thing to the next. Say what you like about Ken Bates. <laughs> and but we do. He's a good business, but apparently it was actually really nice food. I'm sure it is, but um, why would you want? to journey to Beeston for a meal when there's a wealth of options and surrounding bars and so on in Leeds City Centre. How many names after famous managers? Because you'd won it free in a competition, I think is probably the main idea. Or you own it. Because that's what we if that's the no, Friday I meaning, night. I was meaning besides those particular categories of customer, you know, why would you want to? Oh, no reason at all. Wouldn't touch the place. <laughs> One important piece of business. Issue five of The Square Ball magazine is out now. I'm, I'm just going to move my car keys <laughs> and get it. Flick through it for you. That's what it sounds like. Good quality paper. Bigger than that, Dan. Good quality paper. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Issue 5 of the Square Ball magazine. On sale now. It was on sale uh, from the QPR match. Somebody tell us about this fantastic publication. It's a beautiful thing. It's Christmassy. It's got um, the inspired idea of of recasting the film It's a Wonderful Life. Very festive uh, film. Very festive. Well, it's one of the top uh, Christmas films of all time. And whose brilliant idea was that, Moscow? Don't know. Certainly not anybody to do with the beaten generation or Cody. Um, no, Simon Grayson is George Bailey. Clarence the Angel is uh, is Howard Wilkinson. Um, Mr. Potter is Mr. Bates. And and what could be more logical than um, Glyn Snowden is George's wife. <laughs> it makes it Looking makes slightly more like sense. Hilda Ogden. <laughs> But no, so that's very crisp. That's in there, and there's a pantomime as well. So, uh, talk about the pantomime, somebody else. Yeah, it was a reaction to the FIFA uh, World Cup awarding and the subsequent media outpourings about transparency from bodies residing in Switzerland. And I think it was just a, yeah. a little uh, highlighting the irony of, of criticism coming from Ellen Road about anonymous bodies in Switzerland. Basically, a bit of hypocrisy from the people who run our club, given that they hide behind a Swiss trust. 
and then there's the uh, there's a Gary Sprague interview in there as well, which has garnered some uh, internet attention. Yes, yeah, controversial. Yeah, because uh, Steve Firth, who's, who's written it, um, has come from the angle of maybe defending him, and, and I know Sprague has, has been seen uh, a bit of a pariah, really, hasn't he, uh, for the uh, the allegations in the Daily Mirror back in the day about um, was it Revy asking uh, someone on the opposite team to, to go a bit easy yeah. for a match that Leeds needed to win? The story's transformed over the years, hasn't it, to him. Paying players off, but he just said to someone a well, word and said, "Take it easy." Take it easy. Bob Stoko always maintained that Reeve tried to pay him off. Yeah, uh, when went to his grave saying that. Was that the seventy-three cup final? You mean? <laughs> well, if we, if we paid Sunderland off, it didn't work. No, it, it went back. He traced it back to um, Division Two days. He always claimed that that happened, but it's not as if uh, Stephen his interview with with Sprague brushed over that. But he's he. The, it was just coming out from a different angle, wasn't it? It is dealt with the fact that basically Gary Sprague is not invited to uh, ex-players' dues, and he's he's not considered welcome by um by the by the old boys, and it does it does stem from that. But it sounds like uh, there is there is the word around that some players are softened their opinions of him, whereas others uh, just won't have it. So, well, Steve's article it's well worth a read, and it highlights the fact that Sprague played a much bigger part than simply opening his mouth to a newspaper. You know, 500 odd appearances and over 230 clean sheets, which is a remarkable record in itself, you know, purely from a goalkeeping point of view. So that's well worth the read. Other stuff that is in there, somebody give us the potted highlights then. Um, Ben Stanley's giving us a bit of a um, build up to the Arsenal game, January 8th, remember the date. Could be, you never know. Um, and then we've got all the all the usual stuff. There's um, Joe Mewis on this day, um, Sven's column. Yeah, that's 30 years now, isn't it? The, the Scandinavian branch has been running. So Sven is uh, is on it this month. I thought. I still oh, think it's amazing we've got so many fans in Scandinavia. I mean, it's over 4,000. Having seen their publication that they have, it's a brilliant, brilliant magazine. <laughs> it put ours to shame, to be quite honest. He <laughs> <laughs> came and exchanged a copy of uh, of it. I mean, it's in. Norwegian, I can't read it, but it's got some nice pictures in. But it's all it's all really nicely bound and it's everything. It's perfect bound, that damn thing. I nearly punched him. It was it so like much it nice. It belongs in a library. And it's worth saying, though, that because prices are so high in Scandinavia, it costs £100 an issue, <laughs> whereas ours is only a quid. No, it doesn't. It's uh, well worth a read if you speak Norwegian. You can just glance at it if you don't speak Norwegian, because it's a beautiful thing. We're happy to have him on the uh, square ball team. Yeah, definitely. We're going di- to try and dial him up one day once I figure out how we can dial him via ISDN on this desk. Some sort of fancy radio technology. We'll get Sven on the line at some point in this in this podcast. So prepare yourself, Sven. We'll be doing that soon. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to get hold of the magazine, you can always buy it at Home Games and 24 hours a day at the square That's ball. our magazine, not his magazine. <laughs> at the square ball. Net forward, in English. Forward slash shop. <laughs> The Squareball, stop it now. The Squareball.net forward slash shop. Get the digital download on there, no postage costs. Get a PDF straight to your computer. That will all be super. So get on there, buy that, and we'll love you forever if you uh, if you help us out. A couple of things to mention before we uh, head off into the chilly Leeds air. Um, our next podcast will be out the week of January 3rd. I think we're coming in to record it in that first week of the new year. Obviously a very significant date for two reasons. January 3rd, remember the date, we beat the team that we hate. Um, so we'll be celebrating, I think, our first anniversary of, of that. But also it's our first birthday as well. So we need some suggestions for what perhaps what we should do, what we should talk about. I'll be honest, there's a budget of near zero, so make it something we can talk about rather than, uh, than I don't Was know, it? getting David Batty in because he won't come. That was the one suggestion, yeah. Get David Batty in as if, one, he'd come for free, and two, he'd be any fun at all. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're looking for your suggestions. Do get in touch with us and let us know uh, what you'd like us to do for our first birthday pod in the new year. Uh, podcast at the squareball.net is the email address. We're on facebook.com forward slash the squareball. And you can tweet us as well on the old Twitter thing at the squareball. And thank you for listening. It's possibly yes, that, something we could say. Yes, that is the other point I was going to come on to. It's going to sound slightly sucky uppy, but why not as well, seeing as it's this festive time of year. We, just, we should say a million thank yous to you uh, for taking the time to listen to us, because I think a year ago when we first started this, we weren't sure if anyone would listen to it, would care whether it would be any good. Particularly after we recorded the first one and it took us about six hours. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a long day. It's probably worth pointing out, I don't think people realise as well that we didn't really know each other a year ago. We all sat down in a pub and said, should we go do a podcast? And yeah. and here we are a year later. So it's been nice to make some new friends. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Chin, chin. Yeah, and so thank you for uh, 
Thank you for taking the time to download it. For old lang <laughs> yeah, That's next week. <laughs> so yeah, a genuine humble thank you for taking the time to download it because we didn't have a clue if you know ten people would listen to it or a hundred people or what, and, and it's far exceeded our expectations. So thank you very very much indeed for for downloading it, and please do continue into the new year so we can carry on turning up and having a, a bit of fun every couple of Mondays. Didn't sound too sucky up there. <coughs> Mr Wilkinson. <laughs> As we mentioned, we'll return in a couple of weeks, first week of January. Uh, we'll be doing the full Arsenal preview at that point. We'll have a look at uh, Scunthorpe, the away Portsmouth match as well. And depending on when we get into the studio, we'll, we'll look or react to the Cardiff match. Um, so that'll be out a couple of weeks from now. Uh, so I guess all that's left to say is um, enjoy your Christmas and Happy New Year as well. Fingers crossed for a, a 2011 that's, uh, that brings another promotion. Oh, we just stay in this league, but happy Christmas anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, if nobody has anything to add, we will we say our farewells and go out into snowy, snowy leads. So uh, goodbye from me. Have a great Christmas and Happy New Year. Michael Normanton. Merry Christmas. Oscar White. Happy Christmas, everybody. And last but by no means least... Have a happy new year. Yeah, have a good one. Uh, We'll speak to you in a couple of weeks, and thanks very much. We will speak to you soon. Bye-bye. The Square Ball Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 